woke up with her name on our lips. That's right, Aussie dance pop diva Joanne drops by to talk all about her journey from singing Schoolgirl to Jackie, the wild world of 2000s pop and how music shaped her life. Are you ready for Joanne? Coming up on Uncensored Radio. Hi out there, everyone in UCR land. Welcome to a very special little show we have today. As you can see, I have Luke, who is just always here. But we have the wonderful Miss Katie Underwood. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hi. Good morning. She's I'm here. So, I'm refreshed. So it's a special day already. Oh, I'm she's released. released. We're going to talk more about that in a second. But guys, guys, I have a confession to make. Go. I am busted, okay? I woke up with her name on my lips and now I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. She is so damn fine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, are you ready for the one and only? Joanne! Woo! (laughs) That is the best! <laughs> best I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, welcome to Uncensored Radio, Amazing. Joanne. Thank you so much for joining us. We're super excited. I am so happy to be here. And oh, that intro, like, I need to steal that. Like, everyone needs to I'll record it like that. That's great. <laughs> we can do a re- we can do a record for you, and you can play it at the live shows and stuff. You're like, yes, Joanne's here. Perfect. Now we have to talk about we have to talk about it because it's news today. Today, right now at this hour, Melbourne has been set free after 263 days. You ladies can have a life again. <laughs> Let we'll have to start with Joanne because she's our guest of honor. How's it feel to have freedom? <laughs> well, it's strange. Like, it's exciting the fact that I can just get in my car and, you know, Katie, if I want to come see you, I can come see you and it's fine. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's also really odd too because there's a part of me that's like, is this real? How long is this going to last for? Um, so, look, I am going to make the most of it. I, I cannot wait to eat in a cafe. That is going to be very exciting. Um, I've missed my breakfasts and brunches. Um, and just to see people. You know, having that distance has been really hard. Bit of connection's always nice. Miss Underwood, I'm sure you're thrilled to be back to normal life as well. Oh, look, I am, but uh, a bit like Joanne, it's sort of hard to believe it. We've been locked down so many times <laughs> here in Melbourne and often quite suddenly and unexpectedly. So I think for me I'm reserving my excitement for a few weeks until it actually stays open because, you know, as far as I can tell, it could be 5,000 cases next week and they'll go, right, well, that was fun, back down in, you know, like. So, look, I'm happy to be back. At least I can see my clients. My children will be back at school full-time in another two weeks. So, in truth, until they're back five days a week, I won't really be free. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm a lot happier to, as Joanne said, yeah. be able to go and visit people or have some people in my home for dinner. That's really what I'll be focusing on for the next few months, I think. Yeah, a bit of reconnecting with the real world, right? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Ooh. Now, this show has been Amazing. a long time in the making. We're, we're very excited. This is obviously going to be like if you are – an elder millennial, as we call ourselves. This is going to be your pop <laughs> dream. It's like I, I was, I've, I've had a big, like, pop flashback to, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, and we've got two of you right here. So I have so many questions to ask and so many, oh, all the feelings, <laughs> all the feelings about everything. So, obviously, Joanne is our guest of honour, and... I, we have to know, obviously, you started out at a very young age training, I would guess, from what we see of you back in the day, dance and singing and giving it all. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be, you know, the Joanne? <laughs> oh, well, how do I explain? Um, so being creative was always a part of my world. Um, I'm a very... Um, beautiful family who encouraged me to be artistic and creative so yeah I did dance dance for a majority of my childhood I played musical instruments the voice though was something that came later I'd always sang I'd sang since I was two or three I thought everyone sang 
you know, I was always singing around the house, my family always sang, and it really was only when I was about 14 or 15 that um, I was singing at this party. This is truth. This is raw truth here. I'm at a house party. I'm in my cross-coloured jeans. I'm like, you know, having the time of my life and someone... I was singing along and dancing and someone actually kicked accidentally the plug from the CD player <gasps> and I'm belting at the top of my lungs singing, you know, whatever I was singing and all I remember was everyone turned around and looked at me and my best friend just went, oh, like, and she said, you can sing. And I was like, no, no. And at the time, just to give you some context, I used to rap. So I was sort of known as just rapping and dancing and stuff like that, but no one knew I could sing. And I was sort of mortified by all this attention. And what ended up happening was that I got blackmailed. Uh, one of my homie G's decided that it would be appropriate to say to me, look, school talent course is coming up. You're entering it. You're joining our crew. You're going to sing. And if you don't do it, we're going to tell that guy that you like him. <laughs> and that was, it. that was the thought of just like, like right. no way, like I will sing in front of people, but you are telling that that I like him. I had my face, you know, first taste of singing in front of people, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I remember singing in Vogue and singing Ain't No Sunshine and a bit of Mary J. Blige. And it was all over from there. And so that was like what <laughs> I was 15, so that's like year nine. And then first time that was a bizarre experience. It was kind of like one of those things where I really believe that God opened that door because. I literally was in my school uniform looking like a complete nerd um, and a friend of mine took me to this recording studio so I could see what it looked like and I ended up getting behind the mic and someone was kind enough to say, do you want to see what it feels like to sing behind a mic? And I'm just singing a cappella, singing like, oh, this is so cool. And the manager and the producers called me. Like that was like Thursday and I'm in year 12 and they called me and had said, child, you've got a gift. Like, do you want a career? And I was like, I make it. You know? <laughs> like, um, so it was bizarre. It's one of those things where I think about it all the time and, and there's been plenty of things that have happened for me like that where the opportunity has been given. I've worked very hard when I've gotten it, but it's kind of like it's a line sometimes and I feel like there's little angels doing stuff all the time. So that was how I got to where I got in the beginning. Wonderful. Katie Underwood, that is very spookily similar to you. Um, your party, like, admissions as well, breaking it down in parties. Yeah, no, absolutely. Similar story. Um, had, uh, yeah, it was really, it was a friend who encouraged me to get in the studio and, and put my vocals down after hearing me at parties. But I didn't quite get the uh, the superstar uptake from the manager and producer. That's golden. Um, no, yeah, I feel my, like that uh, doesn't happen, right? That doesn't happen. No, that's, that's just right. Crazy. It like something out of a movie. So, um, right. Yeah, no, it's wonderful <laughs> to hear Joanne's story. So on that I note, Joanne. So, cool. so, so obviously, your first single was Jackie, and it just blew up. Like, how did Jackie come about? Because I knew there was the the British version, and I only just realised that's where the BZ comes from. BZ was from Blue Zone. Yeah. Um, so. But how did all that come about where you released this single? And Yeah, I was, so George Papapetros is the producer that was behind Jackie and I was working on, a, I, I started doing solo stuff and was working on R&B. That's where my roots were at the time. And what happened was is that George had been, had, had told me that he was doing this song called Jackie and it was a cover and sort of explained the history of the song. And I believe that they'd had, emails coming in to lay down some demos and it, it something just wasn't s sitting right with it and and I think at the time because I didn't I didn't know the song I couldn't remember the song my older sister knew the song and he played it to me I woke up with your name on my lips. and then I remember turning around and being like oh you know what it, it, like I feel like it needs this like I feel like if any, if you're gonna sing it it should it's just you kind of sing it like this and I remember just singing something and bearing in mind he and I'd been working together for a time at this point and I just remember he looked at me and said oh it's you you're meant to sing the song and I was and I remember just being like I oh, know I'm a serious I'm a artist you know like <laughs> you know and and my manager was like no the the voice your voice is your voice regardless of what you sing. 
so you know you can tell this story in this song and so I was like you know what this could be fun but that what they told me though what we all thought we thought this was going to be an underground 12 inch vinyl release Mm-mm, and I'm baby. thinking okay you know like <laughs> you know so it got on vinyl it was played in the clubs and what happened was some of those DJs that also were on radio now they start playing radio then people start calling up the radio station to say, where can I buy that song? So all I remember is I was in Brisbane on a holiday with one of my friends and I get this call that's my manager saying, so remember how I've told you that sometimes in life doors open you just have to kind of walk through them? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, so, you know, that song I was ever really going to hear was just going to be this 12-inch vinyl release. I'm like, yeah. He said we have to release it as a single because there's demand. You need to come back. We need to do a quick photo shoot. We need to throw a video clip together. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and that was it. And it happened so quickly. I can't even describe how quickly everything happened. Bizarre circumstances. Absolutely. Because it ripped, it that ripped my up career. the chart straight away. Didn't and it? It, it was, was like everywhere. Bam. It was everywhere. I it, for years it seemed like, and then it would it would fade away for a bit, and then it would come back and be everywhere again. It was just such an iconic song. What year was that song released then in full? Nineteen ninety eight. So it was released oh, in wow. nineteen. And then by nineteen ninety nine, um, it had been recorded as the highest selling single of that period. So when I was in the moment, I didn't. I knew the song was popular. Obviously, I'm paying attention to the arts. I know what's happening. But, and maybe, Katie, you can probably relate to this. When you're in the moment doing it and you're young, you don't have any concept of how massive it is even though you're in it. It's really bizarre and it's only now that it's so many years later and I perform the song now that I suddenly sit back and go, oh, my gosh, I was a small part of Australian music history in some way and, you know, this song means something. It means so much to people. And it's, it's still very such an iconic thing. song. But it, and I think that's what it is. When a song's that massive and is a hit for months or even years at a time, it really captures a person's, you know, it's a snapshot in their lives. It's a bit like when you smell a certain scent and memories come flooding back. I think for people when they hear a certain song from that period in their life and suddenly they remember, oh, that's the year I moved out of home or that's when I moved to Melbourne or Sydney or that's when this happened and that's when that happened and they forever have this really strong attachment to your song and that point in their life and no doubt that the Jack, Jack, Jackie was just was just such an iconic <laughs> lyric and song. I still like it. Was it was kind of like it, it's pop magic though, isn't it? It just pop had magic. every single ingredient that's there. Like I played it for my four-year-old uh, because, you know, I was like we're going to talk to this singer and so I played it for her and she's now obsessed with your song. She's obsessed. She's like, can we oh, play Jackie? That's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's just got well, little that kids magic love there. that song. Oh, I know they can back. Yeah, oh, she was doing it. They're always <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's um I don't know how many dance routines and you know I I've seen it. it you, but you're right though that the songwriter behind Jackie is Billy Steinberg and he actually was responsible for writing you know True Colors, The Eternal Fame. Um, wow. The Bengals. I think he I think he might have done um, like a Virgin as well. So look, he he knew, knows he knows how to write a pop track. Like the, the guy knows what he's doing. And great pop never dies. I think that's the thing. Your decades can pass as they have, and it's still just as strong now. I think than it ever was. Definitely, you discovered you've discovered that in the last twelve to I eighteen months, Katie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, again, I, look, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to make this interview about me. We've done me. But is it? It's such a cute, but it's such a, it's a, it's such a, this is why I love that you, that you can both be on at the same time because it was such a moment in Australian pop music. We actually had Australian pop music for the yeah. first time, for the first time in ages. And for the last time in ages, we had, we had a thriving Australian pop music industry where we had someone like Joanne who was old school who had done the training and had you know fallen into it and got developed and record produced and then we have something like pop stars come along that makes that whole process happen in the blink of an eye it's kind of like this really weird generational change that happened in 
four years. I think by like 2002, things had changed completely and we were, Australia had turned, for better or worse, turned into an American market where we everything we consume comes through an American filter music-wise. But you guys were smashing it and we were talking about the Arias. Let, let's, let's talk about that night because... Mate, with Ireland, we're gonna talk, that was amazing. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it more later. But you get credit where credit is due, Joanne, because to sing your songs live and do choreography—that's crazy. Like, talk about that because that's insane. Belting at the top of your lungs and yeah, going for it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Look, I, I've um. I find it hard to perform and sit still. Uh, sit still, sorry. And I, and I recall um, the first time I had to sit on a stool and do an acoustic gig at my feet, and I was still dancing on my chair. Um, I feel the beat in my soul and in my being. I don't know how to not move around. So, you know, when and I, I think anyone that's learned choreography, and I guess if you have a dance background and a good stamina, and and obviously I'm 100% live, so it's all about the stamina. So. I will learn the choreography to the best of my ability and then I will make it my own um, because for me I don't want the vocals to slip. But at that point I felt like I had so much to prove. I knew that there were rumors that the voice wasn't mine. I had my first ever big radio interview that I'd ever done. They put me on the spot and said, are you just the face for the song? And I was thinking, man, if you're oh, going to get a face, you get a model. You wouldn't get me, you know. And it's um, so harsh. They put me on the spot. I think that I was lip syncing. So I was very confident and I said, well, I can sing for you now if you want us cappella. So I kind of felt that, you know, it, I felt like maybe I wasn't going to be taken seriously in that forum. I don't know. Maybe my it was being young. So as soon as they said you're performing live on the Arias, I was like, yeah, bring it. Because I felt like I, I was young. It was a poppy song. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to leave my mark with anything, it's going to be a high-energy performance and I'm going to sing live. People don't have to like the song, but I'm going to do what God wanted me. And that was it. To win and perform on this ridiculous, like, <laughs> insane. It's crazy, though, because, yeah, like, anyone that's tried, everyone thinks that, oh, singing and dancing, how hard could it be? Yeah, anyone really that hard. Is actually, I can tell you. Anyone, really anyone that's actually tried it, you gotta try you gotta work you gotta work hard to make that vocal consistent. And especially when look, Joanne's not, you know, Joanne is not Britney Spears. Joanne is sanging the house down, like sang no. sanging and <laughs> and going crazy. Like oh, and, I can't and dance just like breaks that. Into the, <laughs> breaking into the quarry. I'm like, yes, bitch, you work. You work that out. I'm just like, mm. but we, I, I, I'm, I'm playing my cards too early because we, like, I'm trying to go, like, I'm trying to go in chronological order. But we'll talk about it later. But from Jackie, we had a, you were still trying, um, still trying out different flavors and stuff to get towards the album, right? We had, of course, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Boom. Which so was my saucy. first single I bought from you, Joanne, because I missed. When I finally found Jackie, I was like, I can't buy it anywhere. It wasn't for sale anymore. And I was obsessed with Jackie. So then from there on, I've got every single single. I was like, bang, bang, bang. So Are You Ready was my first one. Wow. And you kept you kept. Yeah, because I think they kept, put Jackie the on there as a bonus track, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they know how to pedal a good thing, don't they? It's like, we'll just tag this on and remix it and go again and it'll be good to do. And then we also had Pack Your Bags. Now, I saw a very interesting performance. You, you did not stop moving. Like, you, know, you were on every show. Like, I've looked on YouTube, and I'm sure it's only half of them. And Katie will probably relate to this as well. Back in the day, you didn't just go on social media and go, oh, my new single's coming out. This is it. You were on a morning show, morning radio, lunchtime show, lunchtime radio, do another radio in the afternoon, go do a promo performance, and then, you know, get ready for the next day. Do you guys think that, you know, do you guys think that they've got it a lot easier these days? Pop stars, they're like, oh, social media. I've got a team. I'll do that. I'll let Joanne answer that I don't one first. Know if they've got it <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we're both going to have very interesting things to say about this. I think for me, I don't know if they've got it easier. 
And the reason why I say that is that, you know, when you are in a position to know how to connect with people and really connect, build a rapport with people and to be able to meet people in person, and this comes down to the, the beautiful music supporters, the fans, but also even just, you know, the managers at the music stores, you know, the record label people, all that kind of stuff. Learning those skills is so important. So as much as I admire this new generation, and let me tell you, I can learn a thing or two, I am terrible with social media. Like if I've got nothing to say, I say nothing. And I look at all these kids and they're like, bam, 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 bam. I'm like, I, I should think of something to say. Um, but I think that it, it's got to be that balance. That's what, that's what my thoughts are. What do you think, Katie? Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I think they have it. Um, I don't know whether it's easier and harder. It's probably an oversimplification. I think it's that the emphasis is on different things now. Um, I mean, pop always got a bad rap because it was always considered to be more commodified than artist-driven. Um, and I think mistakenly, as you touched on with that radio guy who assumed that because you're not a singer song because you're not the songwriter that's that suddenly that means you don't have any talent of any description and as we've established singing in itself is an incredible talent dancing is a talent doing it together is phenomenal um and then of course you've got work ethic and life performances and the whole thing that goes with that so i think unfairly in australia there's this stigma around people oh if you don't write the songs you're not a proper artist i think that's bullshit um but as for how the social media climate has changed things for kids I think unfortunately for them even more so than 20 years ago when it started to shift towards fame being the game rather than the artistry itself I think that the thrill of exposure uh, seems to be more of a priority than people um, really perfecting their craft uh, and concentrating on being a great singer, dancer, maybe both, actor, whatever it is that you're doing, skateboarder, um, and actually really concentrating on that skill set rather than just trying to get attention by saying crazy things or controversial things or endorsements and, you know, how many makeup tutorials do we really need online, you know. So I, I, it's not better or worse. I think it's different. Um, but, you know, having said that, people with really amazing skills still seem to cut through. You know, it's the difference between getting a 1,000 views and a million views. You know, it's that whole thing of what causes something to go viral. You know, someone has to either be really good at what they're doing or just really funny or stupid is an unfortunate other thing. Um, but yeah, I, it's just different. There's so many different pieces in motion now with uh, how you promote something. Um, but I think it is a shame there's not as many opportunities for live performances for artists. I, I wish that they That's had what I was gonna bring more up. <laughs> chance to do that and I think that they would willingly and happily do that if there were more events, more television variety shows that weren't just the typical reality TV show production. It seems like that's the only place people can perform now and if they want to do that, they have to literally sign their lives and their careers away to get the chance to get on that stage. And I don't think that's fair, but, you know, don't get me started about reality TV. <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit about reality TV oh, later. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, that's the point I was actually going to get to. We mm. Back in the day that you guys were both, you know, working it out hardcore, there were all these options. You had shows like, you know, Burt Newton in the morning where you could go yeah. on and go, hey, this is my catch the kids before they go to school and then go, mum picked that up on the way home. Or even like even the radio show. I remember, oh, here we go, dating ourselves, sitting there waiting for certain songs to come on with my tape in the tape player and whacking the record play, like getting there because, you know, can't, it's not out yet so you still got to have it. And I had... I know that I had a couple of Joanne songs and I definitely had Bardo um, Poison when it came out. Like I was like, I've got to get it because we, yeah, we didn't live near the shops. So <laughs> we got there. But, but then there is this lack of any kind of anything in Australia. I can't, you can't perform really on like the project. Like, so there's not really And that's why a lot of the singers that, that went on The Masked Singer, like they had all these big names this year, and they all said it was because they missed performing. Yeah. It was not about anything else other than they just love to be on stage and to sing live. And I think that 
is a big thing that's missing in a lot of um, these newer artists as well. It's like, do you actually have a love and a passion for this or is it is it about the fame, you know? Mm. Oh, I was just going to say I think it would it, I would welcome back the version of an evening show, whether it's like a Hey Hey It's Saturday or even um, Rove, you know, he created a forum and other various evening kind of late night shows I think would be a welcome addition. You know, America seems to have them in spades. And in Australia, there just doesn't seem to be that um, platform anymore. So hopefully in this new era of resurging pop, um, maybe we'll get to see some variety shows coming back again. So what I wanted to talk to you about, Joanne, um, a lot of, especially at this time, we were, as Katie, as Katie is, you know, evidence of entering the reality TV show where things were handed to handed to acts and go, this is your single, this is this song, this is this song, this is what's going to be on the album. Your debut album has a lot of co-writes from you on it. And I don't remember anyone else on their debut album having that much input. Was that really important to you, making sure that you your voice was authentically heard on your stuff? I was very fortunate. Um, what actually happened was is that when I was before Jackie, um, one, I, I wouldn't say I was that kid sat in her room writing songs, funny raps maybe. Um, but what I thought was happening was um, my management and pr- production team were very much of the opinion that give songwriting a go, let's see what you come up with because you're creative, we want to see what you come up with. And, and their views, think of your market, Joanne. Your market is going to be the pop market. You're young. It's got to be fun. And what had happened was when I was doing all my R&B, I was influenced by everyone that I was listening to that I was writing maturely. So I wasn't writing honestly when I was, you know, 18 and 17 because I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And so with Jackie being the type of song it was, it was basically a case of right, where do you And so with songs like So Damn Fine, you know, I was like keeping it light, keeping it fun. I wrote So Damn Fine in my boyfriend's bedroom sitting on the floor and, you know, it was written in in, a sort of, it was an up-tempo R&B track initially, then we switched it with what it is today. Um, I don't know, it was written for emotion. That was actually based on truth of how I was feeling at the time. You know, Busted was actually, yes, it's a cheating song. That I actually was a therapeutic moment because I had been cheated on. Man, if I wrote what really happened and the real truth, oh my gosh. So (laughs) it was more having a sense of humor. It's like, how can I have a sense of humor about something that really hurts? Mm. And that was how I wrote Mm. Busted. So I was very lucky. I had creative freedom with what I wrote and what I said and vocally. Where I lacked probably a bit more control was the final product of a lot of the songs. And I guess when you've had a song take off the way Jackie did, there's that push to try and, you know, you've got to push for that market, push for that radio play. So some of the songs were written in a certain format, whether it was a piano ballad, whether it was this, whether it was that. And, of course, they got, you know, sped up like a chipmunk, um, you know. Um, but I was very lucky to to have so much creative, uh, creative um, control with the writing on the album and ultimately that we wanted. And look, they're smart too. You know, if you're going to input and create, you're going to be rewarded. That was their whole thing. Like why would we, you know, why take people's songs when you can try and write your own? So Exactly. And it's it's like a little little time capsule of your life at that time that you get to revisit <laughs> whether you like to, whether you want to or not. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, I get to sing this again. But we were, yeah. we were talking about it. You the, you had a string of back-to-back smashes, like Islander featuring Joanne. Come on. I remember that song being everywhere as well. Yeah. And it was I music think it's just from, it was from was, the Wog Boy, a great collaboration. It? Yeah. Yeah, it was from the Wog Boy. So I, I remember being in the studio one day and and, and obviously me and, me and the boys were under the same management and Nick Giannopoulos had come in and I think – I think the initial idea was they wanted me for a track and they wanted the boys for a track. And then in going through all of um, some song suggestions, um, this was one of the songs that had come up and it just kind of made sense and it worked. It's so like we the did it Why not both? 
why not both? <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, your music was around a lot because I back in back in my previous life, I was a dancer. I'm still a dance teacher, but. I just, these songs, like, I hear these songs, like, oh, my God, I remember, I remember I made one of my first dance classes, which was all boys dance to, um, that, it was a mashup of So Damn Fine and something else. I was, uh, I think, yeah, I can't remember what it was, it was, like, three songs. It was, no, it was So Damn Fine, it was Mystique, and it was, oh, I can't remember, something else. Oh, they were like, them. oh, we're doing this? I'm like, yeah, this is happening. This is happening. We're dancing to Joanne. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. It's good when you got the power, but they were great. It was a great shot. <laughs> yeah, so we I were talking about that. Busted, of course. So damn fine. And I'm going to play my cards right now. This is my favourite song of yours. I love I Don't Know. It is my jam. It's like I th- I, the way I think of it is like it's the song you get on the dance floor too when you've had like that one too many drinks. You're like, oh, I miss him, but I'm going to dance. Like, I'm, I'm gonna dance my heartbreak away, and it, it hits. It still hits, Joanne. So I, I love it. I think the thing I remember from that time it's too been is interesting that... because that's the song. <laughs> you go, Joanne. You go. You go. <laughs> no, no, go, Katie. What do you remember? No, you. You no, go first. No, you, this is your show, babe. You need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was just going to say that the, the, the thing with I don't know that's been quite interesting is that as much as obviously you know, I don't find us so well for the fun and the energy, I don't know is the song that people talk to me about or, or contact me the most about um, because it, I think it's maybe the meaning of the song um, and and like I said, that was the last song I wrote for the Do Not Disturb album. And I'd lived a little by then. So if you think about it, Jackie came out in 98, Do Not Disturb dropped in 2001. So there was time. And I actually had something real to say. And so think that it's interesting, the one that was the most honest of the song that wasn't just fun and fiction and bubbles um, is a song that's resonated so much. That does mean a great deal. I was going to say it was a it was a departure from what we knew the the brand of Joanne as you know with all the the high energy pop um, and at first I was like a little bit jarred I was like oh this is really different like but you know as you grew to like you just grew to love it because it was just a really meaningful song it had a lot of substance to it. Um, what I was going to oh, say before is I just. Idea. Remember, there was so much love for you, Joanne, at the time. I'd just moved to Melbourne around 98, 99, and um, all I was hearing about in those first four years, oh, there's this great new artist, Joanne. Oh, and she's a Melbourne girl. Oh, and she's local. And I think, you know, our charts even still are usually so dominated by UK and US artists, and yet this homegrown talent was tearing up the charts and doing so well. And I just remember just in the club scene and dance scene and social scene in general, there was so much Aussie pride for your success. And I think that was so refreshing because often pop artists are um, dismissed or or crit- unfairly criticised. But what I remember at that time was just there was so much love for what you were doing and people were so proud of it. That means a great deal. And you know what? It's the same for me when, when you girls came out. You know what I mean? And this is what this is what I think is beautiful about our industry is that, you know, there really is an excitement for our peers. There really is a support for, for our peers. I, I had no idea that was going on, Katie. I didn't know that there was so much hype. I don't know if it's because I was just in it at the time. Yeah. Um, but it's it's certainly really, really humbling. But I But I know for me, even the same, you know, seeing you know Bardo perform and seeing you perform oh my gosh when you went solo and were doing your thing I was like yes um, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing thing and there's so much pride and and so much support and and that's what people don't realize you know a lot of people ask me you know do you guys all hang out and you know and and you know when you do do shows or you know arias backstage like that kind of thing you know it's interesting because I don't I'm not really a fan of after parties I don't really enjoy them much but I will say that I love the connection with the artists because we're usually having a great time on the same page, having a laugh. Leave the execs to do what they do. Um, but, you know, it, there's a real camaraderie. It's really, really lovely. 
All right, I have a big question to ask both of you because you both performed here. What are your memories of Rumba? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play my cards because I remember Rumba. I still it was a long time ago. Oh my! I didn't realize how long ago it was. I was like, oh my god! I was looking through it. I'm like, okay, cool. And I was like. Joanne, yeah, I know Joanne. With like, we, I like her songs. I watched your show at Rumba. Holy balls, woman! I have never seen someone <laughs> deliver a live vocal and dance their ass off like you did. So much so that the very next morning at nine a.m., <laughs> I was like, "I'm going. I've got to get it. I've got to have everything she has. It's happening." What what is wow. your me- remembrance of Rumba that sweaty sweaty day in Sydney? And to be honest, that's what I remember. I remember it being r- ridiculously hot. Um, so hot. I remember the crowds being massive. Um, I absolutely loved that show. That set was really really fun, um, and I had a great time. You know, I toured with some mates, amazing artists. I loved watching other people perform. That was the cool part. You got to watch all these artists perform see them backstage that kind of thing and, and look it was a very busy time for me i'd done rumba and i went straight off to tour and continue touring with shaggy so I, it was kind of like this bizarre year of just these amazing tours that i'd done i think it i'd done destiny's child rumba shaggy all in one year and wow. i was th- that buzz no one will ever understand that that buzz of what it is like before massive crash and like sadly for me that all those times I watched Michael Jackson and I thought he was looking at me. He wasn't looking at me. He couldn't see me. So that's a sad reality that you finally figure out. <laughs> and, Katie, you were there the next year with Disco Montego, right? You were in 2002? Yes. Y- yeah, 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 that's right. Um, yeah, I think the my memories of Rumba, so I sung on one of the um, – we did like a charity single supporting Rumba one year. So I did that with Selwyn, Jeremy – um Peter um Peter Mac um so that was really fun I remember that and similar to what Joanne said you know just the massive crowds that very stereotypical performer audience uh, dynamic where you know you tell them to clap their hands and they do you wave your arm and they do like anything you tell them to do they will do and you have you know up to a hundred thousand people at your command it's Quite uh, incredible. Um, but, yeah, at that time with the Disco Montego crew, they were a sort of work hard, play hard people and I wasn't any different. So it was a pretty wild ride. So the memories uh, are hazy is what you're saying, Miss Underwood. Yes. People will ask me, <laughs> oh, do you remember this one, do you remember? And I'm like, you know what, uh, once you've done 100,000, it's sort of they all blend into each other and, uh yeah, I couldn't tell you. The memory that I have in my head, I couldn't tell you if it was Adelaide, Melbourne or Sydney or somewhere <laughs> else entirely. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was wild fun. Um, but, look, yeah. on that wild note, I'm going to leave you, Joanne, in the capable hands of the boys. I am <laughs> out. And uh, I hope oh, to see you out in, in so real life in Melbourne sometime very, very soon. <laughs> I would absolutely no. love uh, it's been beautiful seeing your face. I can't wait to see you. Take care, darling. One. Thanks, Katie. Bye, Katie. <laughs> All right, Joanne. So we'll, 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 uh, yeah, you're alone now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I remember of that day in Rumba was we got there in the morning and I think I went to the bathroom once the whole day. It was like high, like I think it was, mid 30s mid 30 degrees we stood in the same position for 18 and a half hours didn't Whoa. eat had very little what we're like we're watching everyone we're watching everyone i was like okay cool it was i think it's just such a shame that that, that doesn't happen anymore like there was such it was such a great showcase for not only australian acts but international acts to come together and there's nothing like that now in Australia. It's really sad, I think. It wasn't it. And that's what that's the thing is that I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful that I had an opportunity to experience that. 
because you're right. I mean, your experience out the front was something that you're like, wow, you know, I haven't had anything like that since, you know, 18 hours. I mean, that's crazy. And and I guess for us backstage to cross paths with certain artists, to have be able to have chats, you know, the backstage stories, oh, my gosh, hilarious, you know. And, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, I was lucky in 2016 I was lucky that I got to do um, a tour with multiple acts again, which was great. I did a Venga Boys tour and it was me, Sonique, Tina Cousins, Wigfield, Crystal Waters and the Venga Boys. And that was the first taste I'd had since back then of doing something with several acts. And it, it's a beautiful dynamic because you get to sort of bounce off each other. Everyone does their thing and the crowd love it because they're like, yeah. man, you're just hitting me with hits and, you know, it, it's a shame that we don't do more of it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get back to something like that. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Because, you know, maybe maybe we could amazing. do a Joanne. Yeah, maybe we could do a Joanne um, Carbell-like joint tour where you, Katie, and Belinda can go do, like, a pop hits, like, craziness. I have to go backwards, I, though. We have to go backwards. So you're trying to, to take Katie's album. manager's job now, Steve. Come on. I'm just trying to do it. I'm trying to be everyone's <laughs> manager. We have to go backwards and and talk about your album because when I was looking through the credits, a name popped up that I did not expect. Jayla Gaia? Okay. <laughs> ah, yes. So, <laughs> so, um, so Frank Longaya. Um, who is one of the members of Islander, is Jay's brother. So, yes, the, the, keep it in the family. So, yes, where Jay, Jay and Frank are, are, are brothers, so that's their connection. But a lot of people don't think about music when they think about Jay, despite the fact that he's on play school and he was singing, like, every day. Dude can sing. I've, I've seen him sing. I've done um, a couple of shows with him. For various performances where, like, I was, I was actually a giant yellow robot. Yay. Um, but dude can, dude can sing. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressed. He can sing. I mean, look, he, he was um, Mufasa in The Lion King. Yeah. So, you know, oh, he's, yeah. he's got some chops. He's got some chops. Now, I want to go back to some more Joanne performances because I've been in a deep Joanne performance hole recently on YouTube. What are your oh, reminiscences <laughs> about Carols by Candlelight? I've got some beautiful memories, actually. Um, I remember Channel 9 um, speaking to my manager about um, Carols and it was interesting because I think at the time I've got this vague memory of I wanted to do a serious song. I wanted to do um, a ballad because obviously I'm known for you know, getting the crowd pumped. And so for me, I wanted to do something that was a departure from what I would normally do. And I remember because I'd never done carols before, I think the concern was, you know, it, carols is so overwhelming. They, and they said when you walk out there and you see that crowd and all those beautiful lights and it, apparently it can be quite emotional for people the first time you do it. And so one of the concerns was, you know, if they give me this serious song and then I get overwhelmed. And, you know, in my head I'm like, I'm a professional, I could do this, you know. Um, but what ended up happening was they um, had approached me about doing Mariah's All, All Christmas Is You. And I was fine with that because I'm like, hey, that's a cool jam. I can do that. Um, so, look, I will say this. Hey, it's such an easy you song to sing. There. Hey, Joanne. Oh, <laughs> Play yeah. Walk in know, the Park. <laughs> Don't challenge me. <laughs> um, but you know full orchestra is just exceptional it's such a beautiful sound um it's a different feeling really different you know I've done live bands I've done everything but the full orchestra feeling is quite beautiful and I do remember before I went out on stage uh Rhonda Birchmore pulled me aside and she said to me let me know if you can see my daughter she's wearing these ears okay and I'm like okay and I go, I'll let you know, I'll let you know if I can see her. I think I'd gone out there, the strings start, it's this beautiful moment, and all I remember seeing was these the biggest ears I've ever seen, like these um, reindeer ears and this nose, and I just remember, like, wanting to giggle and be like, oh, there she is. But then I was like, okay, be serious, be serious, you know. Um, but, look, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Carol's is a really lovely experience. Um, 
any artists out there, if you ever get asked to do carols, do it because it's it's a really, really beautiful, that orchestral feel. Yeah, can't go wrong. I've got to say you deserve so much credit because that orchestra took off on you, girl. You were like, yeah, surfing the slow part, and then they just went boom, and you had no backing singers. You had nothing. You're doing every line and that is that's a hard song to sing and it's belting and it's top of most people's register and you're just going but your breath control is exceptional i must say i was just like wow oh, not even a miss anything i was like girl that's intense i mean look for, for me i watch the footage now and you know i i my the voice is a muscle it really is your voice does grow and develop so i look at old performances and go oh shame child like just like you know (laughs) i look at it and i'm like i just i i'm like i should have more punch you know because because my voice has fattened up and and really grown over the years so i listen to me doing that then and i'm like oh she's a bit weak you know um so you know (laughs) If they, if they ah, knocked my door and said, do it, do it today, I'd be like, let me give it some grunt. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone could ever, in a, like, you know, accuse your voice of being weak, Joanne. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> Look, it, I think it's, it's, just, it's just a fact. It's just um, fuller with age. And yep. more powerful with age, and there's a lot more kick and grunt in it now. So I I hear my songs and hear a younger version of myself, if that makes yeah. sense. But that's so great to have because we were talking about before. It's that little time capsule of that time. Like this was this was my like my early twenty, and you went through all this in your early twenties as well. Like you, it was crazy. Like. You've got this little, like, whole life you've lived in your early 20s and then, you know, you get to go back and revisit it when you want to these days. And that's so cool. I've been I don't remember mine. I was too drunk. And (laughs) I honestly take every opportunity now to to be in in the moment because things do happen when you're young. Like I was saying earlier, it's you're in it, but you haven't been taught how to be present and to take the moment in. So you're so, at that age, you're so panicked. And look, it's a superficial industry. So you're panicked about how you look, what camera you're looking at. Oh, my gosh, I better not forget this. And, oh, there's a prop. Oh, I better not forget that. And, and oh, that's right, we've edited this. So, you know, I have to remember not to jump into a chorus. I need to jump into that. And your, your head is so full of stuff. And you've got so many people in your ear carrying on about, you know, don't stuff it up. But you don't even you you're enjoying it, but you're not present with it. And so I think that yeah. now I'm very fortunate that it's kind of like okay, I'm a pro now. I know what I'm doing. Now I just go out there and have an absolute ball. And whatever the audience is giving me, I really feel it in my heart. You know, I feel it in every fiber of my body because. It's such an amazing feeling. I can't even tell you how trippy it is. I can't tell you how trippy it is to be a music lover myself who's grown up obsessive about music. Like I I feel you, Steve, with the whole cassette hitting record. Like that was me too. And I can't even say how it feels to know that, oh, my gosh, I've contributed something and how I feel about other artists. People are feeling that about me. Like it's a very weird and beautiful feeling so I'm really glad that I've learned now to take it in like I'm so happy I can do that and I think that COVID's taught everyone that even more so now we took being able to go out and see like a band or sit even sit at a pub and watch a covers band for granted and having live music slowly coming back is is something that I think everyone's really looking forward to. Do you have any any plans to get back on stage anytime soon or are we just going to take it slowly, slowly? I think for, for me, 2020, the remainder of 2021, I think is going to be just, I'm just going to roll it out. 2022, yes, absolutely. I, I It's been hard, you know, like, I mean, to have so many events constantly postponed, and some of them are still yet to get confirmed. So I think that to be fair, like Freedom Day for Melbourne today, 
it's a bit of a watch this space, um, not just here, but I think everywhere in the country. But I think that when it happens, it is going to feel incredible. You know, it's it's going to feel amazing. And you have been you have been keeping busy you've, every like. You pop up everywhere. You're like a, a good memory that just pops up every now and then. You'll be on some radio station like, Jackie? Okay, amazing. I'll listen to that. But you and Katie do have another like another connection. You're both on Greg Gould's album, 1998. Yes. Yes, we are. So, uh, that was a beautiful project part of. Yeah. T- talk to us a little bit about working with Greg because he's obviously come from that reality show like climate as well. Um, we actually went to high school together. Uh, same high school, not together. He's much younger than I am. But yeah, your song on that's amazing. Oh, wow. Talk to us a little bit about that. <laughs> we were look. I'd met Greg back in um, 2016, and we became friends. We kept in, in in contact, and I have much respect for his talent. He's an incredible vocalist, and when you know he told me about what he was going to be doing with 1998, and uh, you know asked me to be a part of it. Of course, I was like, absolutely. You know, such a good cause. Um, for the Olivia Newton-John um, Cancer Wellbeing Centre here in Melbourne. And also I loved the idea of taking songs from 98 um, and putting our own spin on it. So Together Again by Janet Jackson was the song that we chose to do. Um, we wanted to strip it back and just give it a whole different feeling. And I think it was interesting because the song meant different things to us. I mean, the this original version of the song, I believe, um, you know, it was written for one of Janet's friends who I believe it passed from eight. And, you know, the words now um, mean obviously very different things to different people, but that that unity. So it, the message of the song at the time, um, and, and, and Greg had recently uh, lost his, his stepmother to cancer as well. So there was all these meanings that it was kind of like, I think we're meant to just give this song a go. Um, so, look, it was a beautiful experience. He recorded his vocals in Sydney, I did mine in Melbourne. Actually, the day that I did my um, vocals here in Melbourne, I, I actually had coffee with Katie. Um, she had done the session for me, recording her parts for her track, and um, we'd sort of cross paths there. So, yeah, it was a re- really nice experience. And it was the first time I'd recorded and released something in a very, very long time. So, it was nice to kind of put something out there and to put something out there for a beautiful project, obviously. Well, on that note, yeah. Joanne, Jojo, can you tell us, are you going to be recording anything else? I can confirm yes. I can oh. confirm yes. I can confirm that the creative gods have been, I'm not going to lie, they've been poking at me for quite a few years. I've, I've been creative throughout this whole process. I've obviously been performing throughout this whole process in the last year. I never stopped performing. But as far as writing and creating I sort of would start, then I'd stop, then I'd start, then I'd stop. And I think what's interesting now is that I now am kind of like, "Mm, there's just some things I have to put out there. And I think there's that feeling in my belly and it's, I think it'd just be really cool just to to share some, some music again, you know. I think Steve and I both concur. I'm definitely going to be working on it. I think you, and you've, you'll have yes, so much more to 100%. say now as well. You've got this little, you know, you've got this little compartmentalized part of your twenties, and you've had time to live a whole life and experience so much more. Your voice has changed, your mindset's changed. There's so much more to deliver, and I think that that's why, especially both you and Katie and Bardo, it was such, such a mo- as I said, such a moment in pop history, but such a moment in everyone's growing, um, growing up. Like I, I remember uh, this was like my, my late teens. So you guys, we're all adults now. We're all in the same boat. Like we're all in like getting that midlife moment. And we want, like, you kind of want to recapture that and recap, which is why nostalgia is so big at the moment. I can like, my dream would be some yeah. big nostalgia tour with all like, you know, the acts from the late nineties, two thousands getting together, doing a, whip around Australia to be amazing but more Joanne that's yeah. amazing stuff to hear I can't wait can I make one request yes I would love an acoustic version of I don't know I don't know what you're gonna when you're gonna put it out but you know just to know like give us a give us a ballad acoustic version of I don't know I'll be a happy boy I'll probably just weep and throw myself you know on the what? floor I, I, 
I can do that. I've actually performed a stripped back version where I did it the way I wanted it to be heard. Yeah. It, it was a lot um, darker and mood, there were the moods. Oh, I'm, be, I'm in. And it's very raw, very, very raw. So I, that is something I will definitely keep in mind. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a really beautiful time. I think the benefit of, of um, age is that it's not always a bad thing. Like no. getting older is cool as. Like you just, people just need to jump on that. It's not a bad thing. Getting older gives you the benefit of experience and and not taking yourself so seriously. I look back at young at my young Joanne and just go, I wish you could have just not been so in your head, you know. Yeah. Um, now it's kind of, and that's the way I look at songwriting now is that some, sometimes I'm going to sit down and something serious and is going to come out of me. And other times something completely cheesy and fun is going to come out and that's no good too. So you just you just shouldn't take yourself too seriously. When you're saying like, you know, how, how a song is um, produced, like with I Don't Know, like if you listen to those lyrics, they're very heavy. Um, like, you know, even that song by um, Kylie, Hand on Your Heart, it's actually a, re- if you listen to those yeah. lyrics, it's not a, a happy, upbeat song. It's actually really quite horrible um, and then, like, yeah. I, I know a guy released a cover of that where he actually sang it, you know, with that with that tone there. And you're like, yeah, you really feel those lyrics. So I would love to have uh, a new stiff back version of I Don't Know. I think you could kill it. <laughs> Look, oh, not that we're very it looks demanding, like I have to do it now. Yeah, I was going to say, It looks yeah. like I have to do it. <laughs> we're coming oh, you know to find you, Joanne. You about Kylie. When, when you were talking about um, Kylie Minogue, the song that I always hear of hers where I'm like, I just want to hear a ballad of it is Never Too Late, like a real yeah. soul, like because that song melodically is beautiful and it's like, oh, I just want to strip it back and sing that because she's got some um, incredible songs. Melodically they're really great. You could change the production on them ten different ways and they're still going to be beautiful. Yeah. Right, right, but we're not. All right, we can't. We can't talk about future because we might be spoiling some things. So we don't want to spoil some things. So and we might look, still be pe- stuck at home. We could be <laughs> still stuck at home. You might have to do an online concert series. You know, so people can follow you on Instagram at Joanne Music for all of your like little updates yes, and fun, saucy loveliness. It has been an absolute joy and pleasure you are a ray of sunshine like i knew you would be i have wanted to speak to you for ages so this is so so great that we actually got a chance to do it and katie to jump on as well thank you for your time we will look forward to more of you in the future yeah thank you joanne look we're truly blessed to have you come and talk to us like as we were saying like you know you were such a big part of our of our teen years and our early 20s and I think it's just really incredible that like we can all just come and, and chat together like who, who would have thought like you know Joanne Katie Underwood just have a chat on a show and I think it's yeah. just a beautiful my thing. teenage self is dying a little bit it's all right <laughs> <laughs> well if it means anything you know to you guys it, it, you know I guess speaking for myself it means as much to me as it as it does to you guys so I really appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit more about you know my life and the nostalgia and 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 just to you know relive those memories and thank you for your support you know I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if beautiful people like you weren't enjoying the music and supporting it for so long so thank you thank you so much slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.